Today, there are two million descendants of French-Canadian immigrants living in New England. These are our stories. Welcome to the French-Canadian Legacy Podcast. Venez tous jeunes filles et garçons, je vais vous raconter l'histoire de notre immigration ici au USA, de grands aventuriers de pays étrangers. This is the French-Canadian Legacy Podcast. I am Jesse Martineau. Now, this week, our guest is Thomas Lachine. Now, Thomas is the man behind a company called MTLJTM. I'm going to have him explain that later on. But this company does all kinds of really fun things. It's got merch. It's got, it's got a super interesting blog. It's got some music suggestions. It even tells us about a cafe. So really, really cool project. Looking forward to learning a lot more about him and his business. So, Thomas, welcome to the French Canadian Legacy Podcast. Hi, Jesse. Thanks for having me. All right, now let's start with your story. So wh where are you from? Well, I'm from Montreal, uh, and which is in Quebec. And uh, in Montreal, there's a neighborhood called Lachine. So I grew up all my life there. But right now, I'm in the center of the city in Montreal. And yeah, live my whole life in Quebec. Very nice. Now, now I understand. Please correct me if I'm wrong. But are there like distinct, almost Francophone and English-speaking like neighborhoods of Montreal? Well, there, it used to be like that. Like back 50 years ago, it was like the rich parts were Anglophones and the poor parts were Francophone. Gotcha. But as uh, the Francophone kind of like grew out of poverty, uh, it's more and more mixed up. Okay. And I'm, see, this, this is such a fascinating city to me, honestly. I should probably know a lot more about it than I do. But as somebody growing up in, in the city, uh, is it common for somebody to just speak French? Do you, are you missing out on anything if you don't speak English? Well, it used to be, but with the apparition of the internet and also like people, they learn English in school. So pretty everyone in Montreal is bilingual. Everybody could do both. Gotcha. Because, I mean, do you have, like, movies in both, TV in both? Is that a thing? Well, it's like things in French are, like, Quebecois culture. And I believe that, like, things in English that are local are more going towards Canadian culture. So that's a big – that's, a like, a, a cute way to, to, <laughs> to, to phrase it. Gotcha. Okay. Just a, I don't know, fascinating town. I think it's very cool. So let's talk a little bit about the business. MTL, JTM. So first of all, where'd you get into the idea? Why start this? Um, I was in New York uh, doing, during the Occupy Wall Street, New York. <laughs> and like things were so tiresome. It was very hard. We we're sleeping on the, on the ground and it was like concrete. So I was super, super tired. I think it was the eighth day and it was raining. So I went into the subway of, uh, of New York and I was in Brooklyn. And at some point I was, uh, I was alone in the, in the cabin. And then a couple entered, like a Latino couple. But like, like in New York, it's very common. Sure. But this, this time they were like completely dressed from head to toe, both the guy and the girl with the gear of Canadien de Montréal. Uh, <laughs> very nice Montreal Canadians of course yeah yeah which is the hockey team so it just felt like oh it's a message from home <laughs> and, and actually like JTM means je t'aime it's like it means I love you so I wrote like MTL JTM and what's very interesting about this logo is that it, if you look it in the mirror uh, the MTL in the mirror it becomes JTM which means I love you so the reflection of Montreal is I love you 
and the JTM becomes MTL, so Montreal. That is awesome. I had no idea. You can just flip it in a mirror. That's really, really – so how long were you – first of all, what motivated you to go to New York for the Occupy movement? I think this is fascinating. And how long were you down there for? I was there for 11 days. 11 days. Yeah, New York is a very interesting city, uh, like for many, many reasons. And I happened to be there. And like, I just, we were just like, hey, let's check it out. And then <laughs> we just end up sleeping there for 11 days and living the, being in the center of the world at that time, like this park was camera from all over the world. It was sure. very unique. Yeah, I can't, I can't even imagine because I know there's, I mean, Every city with, I don't know, more than 100,000 people seemingly in the entire country and then a whole bunch overseas, they all had their own mm -hmm. different Occupy movements. I mean, I remember running into the one in London, which I thought was fascinating. So yeah, no, that's very, very cool that you got to experience that. So now you see these people down in New York and you think, you know what, I got to come, I got this cool logo idea, but what did you want it to be? And how did you decide to make it what it is now? I always felt like it was the Isle of New York of Montreal without being a copy. Sure. Just, a, just a sign that represented who we are doing like a little wink to the French, like the French aspect of our culture, sending a, a very, very important message of love towards anybody who wanted to like send love to our city or also to people inside the city to like give them like confidence in themselves. What we say is that like, if you can say je t'aime, which is the reflection of Montreal, well, you can be part of the city. No, oh, that's very cool. I like that. The, the I love New York and Montreal. Very mm -hmm. awesome. So obviously you got a whole bunch of merchandise, which is awesome. Really cool shirts and mugs and stuff. But why a blog? That's my, like, that's my, that's my dying downfall. <laughs> <laughs> um, how do you say this? Like, I'm very implicated in the culture here in Montreal. I always felt like, you know, things in Montreal or in Quebec are not perfect. Like 60 years ago, we, as Francophone, we were the poorest of the poorest in the whole in the whole America. Less educated than like the poorest in America and poorer than them. It comes with a lot of problem and a lot of like different mentalities. So having this blog helped me explain to the people of Montreal, to the people of Quebec, and hopefully to the people outside of, uh, to the rest of the world, uh, realities of Montreal, of Quebec, and especially trying to break some very, very uh, hard mentalities. The mentality that like, you cannot do it. If you're like, if you're speaking French, people won't be interested in you. You're not valuable enough. All those kinds of little things that like, is very hard like especially if you're being an artist who wants sure. to grow up it's very hard having this feedback of like oh it's not gonna work because you're from quebec you know is that still something common it's still very common interesting now one thing i saw um you highlight the three values that kind of underline the this project so what what are those three well right now it's like love inclusion and like the like the little wing to the francophone aspect okay how so well because a lot of people wants to see montreal as like something very diversified and everything like that a, a whole mix of cultures but it's very important to say that like people won't consider you uh like being part of the city if you like have no connection to the french 
which is like here in Montreal, everything is written in French. So it's very important to like showcase this. And especially since in the, like in the early 50s, uh, it was something to be ashamed of. Like uh, my grandfather like couldn't get, could not get a job or like get to upper level in his job because sure. he was speaking French. So it's very important for me to break this. And also like to show that like everybody can be part of the city. And that is just a way to say like, je t'aime, which means I love you in French. And even if you come from, for example, the United States and you speak the English like your whole time, as long as like you can communicate and like can show some love, especially show some love like in French, uh, you can be part, you can become a Montrealer too. No, that's awesome. And to me though, I think it's kind of wild because you hear as a Franco-American, obviously we hear stories all the time. You know, my grandparents by far spoke French way better than they spoke English. And so they faced some tough times from time to time. But to know that that was still going on, even where you are, that to me seems kind of wild. That seems nutty. Back in the 50s, uh, like you could not like sometimes get a job or become a boss because you were speaking French. Not because you were not speaking English, but because you knew how to speak French. That's crazy. Now, all right, so we got to get into a couple of these blogs. But before I do, I did want to touch upon a couple of things I did mention in the intro. Uh, what is this cafe about? And why did you choose to highlight this cafe? In Mon- Montreal is a very, like, caffeinated city. I think, like, I used to think New York used to have a lot of, like, cool cafes. Yeah. But I think cafes doesn't make, do, do not make enough money to survive in New York. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot more in Montreal. So we wanted to, we, we took our favorite coffee and we brew, out, we brew it in Montreal and now we're selling it. And what's the name of this place? Uh, well, we're sell, well, right now we're selling it on our website. Gotcha. And like, uh, we don't have a official cafe yet. We're still working on that. All right. Very cool. Now, what about these music suggestions? Who put this together? I think it's me. Like <laughs> I, I, I used to organize concerts in Montreal. Really? Yeah. And, uh, I, my whole motto was that like a lot of people here, like they used to give 90% of their like budget to uh, to bring, for example, an American name or like a European name. Sure. And they would pay pennies for the locals. And so I was like, man, that that is not my value. So uh, I got very, very interested in the local culture and spent a lot of time promoting it. I must admit, sometimes it comes with the ups and downs. And, you know, when we we're talking earlier about like, uh, you know, the, this this mentality of like, it's not good enough. Sure. Uh, sometimes it's like, it kind of feels like screaming in the desert. Gotcha. I'm kind of very proud to, to still like have done this. Now, were you able to draw? Would people come out and see the locals still make money? Uh, recently, yes. Like gotcha. before the lockdown, we were like kind of make, we were making money and we were making uh, interesting and money. We were more in the rave culture. Like oh, okay, I got you. I think Montreal is the where the electronic music in whole the whole American continent is oh, wow. where yeah, it's where it's, it's at. Like there's a lot there's a few things that happen in Montreal that like are are kind of like interesting. Two things. You know, I, I believe you know Skrillex. 
I do not. I do not. And my my music knowledge, trust me, is very very weak. Okay. Okay. So, uh, do you know the the song "Sorry" from Justin Bieber? I am unfortunately familiar with that song. Yes. Okay. So Skrillex <laughs> did that song. He produced it. Gotcha. But okay. But before that, Skrillex was like the 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 post child card, like the post card child of dubstep. And when the whole gender genre of dubstep exploded, uh, he was in Montreal. So Very cool. You see, you see videos of him being in Montreal. You go back 20 years later, 20, 20 years earlier, like Kurt Cobain and Nirvana, when the whole Nevermind uh, thing exploded. Sure. They were in Montreal. That's awesome. So Montreal has, al has always had a very, very fine taste. And it's the same with disco music. A very, very fine taste in music especially in the electronic music, I think we have the best sound where we have a lot of great, great, great producers. And uh, I believe it's very good. The only thing maybe that's missing is like the over-the-top confidence of like, hey, look at us, you know? Gotcha. <laughs> that the whole, the whole swagger cover where you carry yourself. No, I like yeah, that. that that's why we like the American. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, you, you can steal some of that. That's fine. But I do. Okay, so the first post I wanted to talk about is called Four Tips to Know If You Are Québécois, Beyond a yeah. Doubt. Yeah, so, yeah. obviously, it was written in French. So, what, what is it? Can you say the title in French for me? Because if I try to pronounce it, it's going to be a mess. I actually wrote this article, and it's a very important, it's a very important article in Quebec. Because for the first time, we're saying how to become a Québécois, uh, which is a very interesting question. It is definitely fascinating. Absolutely. So I'll say to you in French, quatre trucs pour savoir si on est Québécois hors de tout doute. There you go. Now, why? What made you want to write this? Because I had so many friends, so many people uh, coming from like, like coming from like, uh, for example, Asian or uh, origins russian origins and stuff like that but they lived their whole life here and they were like hey am i quebecois am sure. i part of the gang you know and it's a very touchy question here because a lot of political uh, like activities are profiting from the fact that like people don't feel quebecois uh, but that's a whole different story. yeah just, that's weird man but just on the on the personal vibe it's like am i part of the group that like i'm surrounded sure. by right so i said well i know the answer because i worked in this so i decided to write an article to tell them how to feel quebecois and to feel without doubt so then whenever people they say where you're from or like what's your real origin they can tell well i'm quebecois and that's why no oh, that's awesome and you start off the article by talking about the language, mm -hmm. which I guess is kind of to be expected. So is it your take then that to be part of that crew, to be calling yourself a Quebecois, one of the boxes you have to check is you got to speak French? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, indefinitely. Like you can speak whatever language you want, but you have to know how to speak French. Gotcha. And you had talked about the different accents, which I think is kind of unique. Yeah, yeah, definitely, because the accent is very proper to Quebec. And I did a, a, another article uh, referencing the early SNL skit. And it's important for us to be understood with our accent 
and to rep represent it with our accent because it's like talking about the American accent and the British accent. And um, sometimes we feel misrepresented as like people, they portray us as like uh, people from Paris, French from Paris. Yeah. Something like that. And, uh, we'll definitely get to the SNL skit. <laughs> we'll talk okay, about that cool. before it's over. But yeah, now I was wondering, something else that's come up since I've started doing the show a couple different times is the whole idea of, I don't know, standard French, traditional French versus joie and mm -hmm. who speaks what and where do they speak i'm just curious as obviously the the language is being such an important part mm -hmm. of being a quebecois yeah. uh, do you get more cred if you speak the joie than if you speak the traditional how does that work well the the joie is um is a is a is like a way of speaking that is very 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 heavy uh, the accent is very very heavy uh, I believe that like now people, they speak more traditional French, uh, but still with the, um, how would you say this? Uh, with like the Quebecois accent, I would compare this as like, if you were to speak English in the United States and you were, for example, from New York and from the Northeast, and then you would go in the Southern, you know, the South. Sure. Yep. have this very, very heavy accent. The Joal used to come like from the poorest, from the poor. Uh, Joal actually means like it comes from cheval. So joal, cheval, which means horse. You got so you. they they would like pronounce it and like it's a way of speaking that like have not much reference to like school. So people in Quebec used not to go to school before. Now the other two things that you mentioned. I guess um, there are a few things, but a couple things you mentioned here are yeah. the separation of like the church and state and yeah. gender equality. Maybe you can yeah. give us a little history lesson on why that is such those two ideologies, those two thoughts are such so intrinsic to being a, a Quebecois. Yeah, per, yeah, absolutely. I'm super glad you asked that. Well, Quebecois is a, like the Quebecois are very, very young. You know, they were born in the 60s, okay? Before, Quebecois were, used to be uh, French Canadians, okay? Uh, what happened in the 60s is that the whole system changed in Quebec. We call it the Quiet Revolution. Sure. And, and what happened is that for the first time in history, a woman uh, had the right to vote. Woman had the right to open a bank account. Woman had the right to uh, uh, complain about somebody in trial. Women had the right to be on the jury of trial because before women could not, like for example, intended uh, sue somebody sure. uh, without their their uh, husband. That's crazy. Father yeah. doing it. What prevented them from this was two things: was the system like the political system, sure. but also the religious system, uh, which encourage people not to go to school, encourage women to make uh, thousands of babies. Like my grandmother, she had nine babies and they were living in like a five, like five room, like apartment. Sure. And they were encouraged not to go to school. So they were encouraged to, to, to have no rights, make thousands of babies, and stay in the 
in their condition, which was being super poor. During the 60s, what happened is that like, uh, they, they say like, okay, now the hospitals that were controlled by the religious are controlled by a, like a state that is not religious. Sure. And the woman, the, the woman, they gain power of this. So people don't want to go back to that state. So when that happened, it was a no turning back. Now the church in Quebec like are pretty empty. Women, when they had like their equality in Quebec, they said never again, we're going back. And it's true and it's right because they were like, they had no rights. And women in Quebec, when they had their right, they did a lot to help the whole Quebecois rise. And uh, so that's for women. And the religious is that like, religious entities keep Quebecois, French Canadian in such poverty they made them so they would never grow out of their poverty. And it was like that for a couple, sorry, for, for like for a couple of hundred years. So when they decided to free themselves from this religious like uh, uh, jail or like way of seeing things, they, they said never will the religious entities have access to power again in Quebec. So whenever there's people coming in from, for example, other countries being like, sure. oh, well, uh, I want uh, to be represented with my religious beliefs and like, and being a representative of the state, that doesn't fit well with Quebecois at all. So this is why to become Quebecois, you need to be okay with women being equal to men and also to have religion separated from the state. Something you mentioned that I honestly didn't didn't know. But what is the sush? Okay, the sush means like the sush is like uh, it means like uh, related or the origin. So here, like Quebecois, the sush as the Quebecois identity is not very like. There is no like formal document until now that was saying look, a Quebecois is that. Sure. There was this like kind of gray zone where like a Quebecois were like French Canadians and like Quebecois culture is like French Canadian culture. And so whatever people, uh, for example, they, they're, they're Quebecois, but their parents are from Haiti or they're from like Russia. Uh, they were like, hey, like, am I Quebecois? Because uh, they were like, calling the natives or like Quebecois, Quebecois de Souche. But what it really means is that it means like Quebecois de Souche, Canadian, Francaise. So it means like Quebecois, originally uh, French Canadian, like from a French Canadian dis- descendants. So it's, it's almost like a distinction within the larger umbrella of the Quebecois. Exactly. But all I'm, all I'm saying right now is very new. It's very novel. People are like learning and understanding the little differences. And me, like, because I work in culture and I interview a lot of people on that subject in Montreal and Quebec, sure. I felt like I had the knowledge. And the first time I, I told somebody uh, and I explained to them, like, because she was black, how she is Quebecois, uh, she, she started to cry. Wow. Because she thought that because she was not Quebecois de Souche, she could not be Quebecois. Gotcha. No, that's pretty powerful, man. That's cool. Now, I guess my one last question kind of about this topic is then, 
maybe a selfish one. Um, mm-hmm. Can you be Quebecois if you weren't born or grew up there? Like if I were to move, if I were to learn yeah. French and then all of a sudden, and, and at what point, and I guess this is maybe a bigger question. At what point have I earned enough, I don't know, Quebec credibility to be able mm-hmm. to call myself? Is it when I speak fluently? Is it when I've been there six months? Kind of what is your thoughts on things? Well, you have to speak French. You have to at least like being able to communicate. Okay. The, the French accent, like the Quebecois accent is just like icing, but you have to be able to communicate, for example, read or sure. like, like minimally communicate in French to at least understand when Quebecois are speaking. Otherwise, it's all about the values. Like if you're like able to, if you're okay with the, the equality of sex and the separation from uh, the religion and the state, and you like Quebec culture, you, you can call yourself a Quebecois. Very cool. That's a, that's super encouraging, actually. So I guess the one thing I move on a little bit because I think it's kind of fun. Um, you wrote an article about uh, why the Quebecois like the French, as in people from France. So if you just give us a like, what is that about? Why do why are they people from France so popular? Okay, you know, earlier I talked to you about like how political uh, parties really profits of the feeling not Quebecois, okay? Um, well, it's true. Uh, <laughs> what happens is that they say like, oh, if you're not Quebecois, don't vote for that party, just vote for us, the Canadian party in Quebec. Because there's mainly there's one Canadian party in Quebec, okay? The, all the others are Quebecois parties. Sure. So they get a lot of votes from the feeling out the the feeling outsider. Gotcha. That they don't belong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the French, they arrive and they kind of like they arrive out of nowhere and they start arriving. Like there's a lot of French people in Quebec, especially in the center of Montreal, and they arrive knowing the language, knowing like the the issues of being like. Uh, a country where you receive a lot of people and they were just contrary to like the Canadian people. And that's a bit touchy what I'm going to say. But <laughs> sure. It's, it's kind of true. Okay. Contrary to the rest of Canada, they came in and were just so interested in, in, in our culture. They were so interesting in knowing us Quebecois to the point that like we are now have on our shoulders like the fact that like uh, we're not used to be like so interested like being being the subject of such interest by people from like coming from another country and uh, for my brand and for my companies whenever I organize shows it's fascinating to see uh, French people being invested in our culture wanting to pay. Uh, to 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 see uh, plays and stuff like that, and talking about it with such interest, and not just Montreal, the whole like uh, the whole province of Quebec. So it feels so ref- refreshing to be uh, liked for who we are, rather than trying to please somebody who is seems never pleased enough, because. I'm going to say something, okay? You know Cirque du Soleil? Sure. The legend has it that Cirque du Soleil, before coming to the United States, he went to Toronto. And they, you know what they told him? They told him, you know, Cirque du Soleil, never going to work. And you know that French name? 
it sucks. Nobody's going to be interested in that and nobody going to understand it. Can you imagine the feedback? But what is so strong about the guy, which is Guy La Liberté, is that he said like, you know what? I don't care about you. And he went south straight to the United States and there they welcomed him with open arms and they justified his talent. I mean, it seems to have worked out. <laughs> yeah, and it's a very inspi- ins- inspirational story. That's awesome. Okay, so we got to get to this one more, as promised. Yeah. One more piece I want to talk about. The skit on Saturday Night Live. This is something they got a whole lot of talk among mm. the Franco-American circles anyway. I know every one of our social media groups, everybody was talking about it with different opinions, different thoughts. But you wrote a blog post on it. And the first thing I want to ask is I thought that caught my attention on your post uh, is that you wrote it in English. Yeah. Uh, basically, everything else you do is in French. Why is this in English? Because this uh, post is uh, for us to be heard and understood by the Americans. And what was the message? Is that it's not okay to represent our culture, the Quebec culture, as being culture from France. That's, uh, that's how I would say it. Like, we say we are France-faced. Meaning that, like, whenever the Americans would talk about Quebec, they would talk about uh, people with baguettes, people eating uh, eating a fromage, like cheese, and all those French cliches. Smoking cigarettes, yeah. Yeah, smoking cigarettes, driving French cars. And it, it feels so, you know, like feeling erased for the rest of the world. It, it just feels very bad because whenever we're trying to like exist in the eyes of the American, because sometimes we feel like Canadian people doesn't want us to exist. They don't, doesn't want to recognize who we are. So that's bad. But after you, we have that and we're kind of used to it. And now we're going to the United States and we're feeling like we just don't exist, you know? And the, the whole thing about like, feeling valuable, feeling like we're worth it, it's erased by such uh, skits uh, going on national television. And for me, it's it's complicated as well. Being, we've talked about this on the show a bunch, that we have a tough time as Franco-Americans kind of uh, explaining who we are. Hmm. Because it's like, well, are you guys, are your family from Canada? Well, yes, but, you know, there's this, region within Canada and called Quebec. It's a little bit different and speaks a different language, different history. So it, it does always take a further explanation. <laughs> We're trying to explain what we have going on. How do we remedy this? Well, we denounce it. Uh, my plan is to put this on Instagram and tag the actors because people need to know this because how can we explain who we are our values, our combats, uh, what we're looking for in life and we're, what we're best at. If whenever like our neighbors talk about us, they just like do it with things that are not true uh, and replacing us by somebody else. So it's very hard then to exist and to explain who we are. So the first thing is to denounce it and to say that's not okay. 
It's not. It's, it is just not. We're sorry. You did. I don't think that they tried to like be mean. Sure. But it's just not okay. And a great thing about like a great thing about people uh, like you know like uh, cultures feeling less value than others is that they are used to being bullied. They are used to being bashed on. And they're kind of like used to be insulted or erased. So there's even people inside there, like inner people from the culture say, oh, it doesn't matter. It's okay. But it's not. How important and deep it is for us to be represented for who we are. It's okay to mock us, but just do it with something that like has a, a deep of truth to it. Yeah, and I guess it's it's kind of it's kind of almost like a two-step process, right? Number one is identifying the well, that's not what we are. But number two is this is what we are. Let, let me kind of do some educating to teach you up on what is the culture, what is the language, why is it not that, you know, that kind of thing. I think that's probably the the second piece that that educational piece for a lot of Americans, I think, is super important. Yeah, and like if I can add is that when you explain it to Americans, because. Uh, I have American friends. I sure. love the American culture. They feel so invested into bringing Quebec culture up. They feel so invested in, in knowing it. And they're like, hey, man, I'm glad I know this. And by the way, like your culture is awesome. That's awesome. And for us, having this positive echo, because you know, there's a lot of people in Canada that they say like Quebec culture doesn't exist. You're not Quebecois. Like your culture doesn't exist. Having this feedback for us is so important. It's monumental and it gives us wing. No, that's awesome. Well, this has been fun. This has been a real fun conversation. Again, speaking of Thomas Lachine, founder MTL JTM. So if somebody wants yeah. to go to your site, first of all, what type of uh, merchandise would they be able to purchase there? Well, t-shirts, cups, mugs, uh, bags, like it's uh, everything you can put a logo on. <laughs> we have it. You got it. All right. Where can we send them? What's the site? It's mtljtm.com. And, you know, be careful because what we notice is that like whenever people, they wear our merch, People from Quebec, they, 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 they assume they speak French, so they start speaking to French to them. Gotcha. So uh, a Stop. very good way to feel as an insider. <laughs> That's it. So I can buy some merch. I'm just going to wait till I'm in Quebec a couple of months before I put it on to make sure I can handle a conversation if somebody were to talk to me. Yeah, sure. And like, you be like Americans, be, be cool. Like with it, like... I think that a lot of American people, they, they feel ashamed or like they don't know any other language or they feel bad. But for for real, they are usually way better than they think they are. So give yourself a lot of credit. You're super nice. Oh, I appreciate that. I'm going to try it. I'm going to test it. Well, Thomas, thank you very much, sir. This was going. This is fun. Thanks, Jesse. A pleasure to talk with you. Now our fathers look at us and sigh with despair To think that everything they love we simply do not share But the spirit never dies, our culture will survive Each of us must choose how much to keep alive Each of us must choose how much to keep alive
Special thanks to Josie Vashon for providing the music. You can find more about her at josievashon.com. This podcast was produced and edited by Mike Campbell. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at fclpodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at fclpodcast for more information about the topics discussed. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to this episode.